sure did. Uh, we stayed home. Karen, Hannah, and Holly takes the whole nine-yard spread. I tell you what, it was it was amazing. It was wonderful. But uh, if you would pray for me today, I've got uh, when I before even church lets out, I have to be on duty by noon. Changed and um, uh, be out there. They they don't they. Yeah, I have to have so many troopers out there. This is the last day of the holiday uh, weekend, and traffic yesterday was, uh, I mean, heavy. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like uh, this evening as far as going home. But uh, Lord willing, I'll be off duty by 6 p.m. and uh, be able to be here. But uh, we're going to get into uh, studying here this week, next week. Uh, the local church, I realized as I got into this that I need to break it up. This would be part one uh, on the back bottom side. You can check it out later. Uh, be kind of what we're going to be dealing with next weekend. But um, what is the purpose of my involvement in the local church? Now, the key thought that I'd like you uh, to write down as we go through this is accountability. Accountability. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, would you mind getting me a copy of that? It, it's on the back table there. Er, thank you. There in your notes, let's have a word of prayer before we get into this. Dear Father, thank you for this day. Father, uh, I can't help but remember here during this thankful season how for over a year, whenever he got on the radio and spoke the last year of his life, I don't know what the previous years were like, but the last year of his life, when he woke up every morning, he thanked the Lord for a new day. And uh, Lord, I pray that uh, every morning that we would thank you, that we have a new day to serve you, to love you, to be used by you, to be effective. And uh, Lord, I just uh, hope and pray. He testifies that uh, he knew you personally, that Rush Limbaugh is in heaven today, dear Lord. But uh, may we have a heart that doesn't wait until death is imminent. But dear Lord, that uh, every day uh, be precious to us. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this new season that we're into, and um, thank you for this opportunity. And I pray you be with me now as I teach your word and teach this lesson on the local church. I pray that you control my heart, my thoughts, and my tongue. Lord, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. God has established three major institutions on this earth, the family, civil government, and the local church. It is the local church which has been commissioned by God to carry out his purposes in reaching the lost and perfecting the saved. Therefore, God's plan for a Christian will always be fulfilled best and properly when it is connected with a local New Testament defined and active church. The purpose of this lesson is to impress upon the individual Christians 
the central role which the church should play in their everyday lives and explain the special relationship they have with other believers. Um, I know that you're, I'm going to comment probably two or three times in, uh, in this lesson next week. I, I know I have here uh, in recent months uh, that uh, God has really convicted me and impressed upon my heart uh, and soul that here in the last year or two, how critical the church should play, the role a church should play, and in, in, uh, even though my ministry background and having been born and raised in church and my parents have uh, established and, and started churches uh, down in Florida and Michigan and New York and in Haiti, um, it's it's stunning how little or how how lack of seriousness I really gave to the importance of the local church. And I say that because I think that in this day and age, Christians give very little seriousness or importance to it. It's kind of like more, you know, yeah, I, I'm a member of that church. Or, yeah, I go to there every once in a while. But we stop and or we fail to realize that Jesus Christ established the church the church is the bride of Christ. Um, while we're here on earth, and you've, you've heard me say this, and I know you've heard pastors say it numerous times, but you've heard me say that pastor mentioned it all the time, that God saved our soul and left us here for a reason, and it's to serve him, and it's done through the local church. And, and there's no question when we stand before Jesus Christ and give an account of the judgment seat of Christ, a lot of that is going to be reflected upon how active we were in serving him through his church that Jesus Christ established. And we have the wrong mentality if we think that, well, this church is um, the church that um, Pastor Boots planted or started or it's his church or he started it. Uh, yes, he planted it. We should give him a lot of reverence and respect in regards to that because there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears put into it. But it's the church of Jesus Christ. And uh, I don't know about you, but it's where the Lord led me uh, to be. But uh, here, what is the local church in your notes? It is not a building. We worship God in spirit and truth. We worship him in spirit and truth. And this is important because I think so often uh, Christians catch themselves trying to worship in the flesh and not in the spirit so many times. John 4.24, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, number two, our bodies are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 6.19, it's the temple of God. The church is not a denominational group of congregations. If you study throughout the New Testament, uh, and you, you've heard me, I would say, and I have, I've mentioned, I don't know if I've mentioned it here or whatever, forgive me if I'm saying you've heard me, but I know that I, I've hammered this point a lot of times that there's two, two dimensions of life that we live in. God created us body, soul, and spirit. Our soul is kind of like our DNA, who we are specifically. No one else in the human history will ever be who you are. That's your soul. 
Then your body is your flesh and blood. It's your carcass. It, it's, a, it's a physical construct that your soul is in. And then you created a spirit. And in this universe, there's two dimensions of life. There's the physical dimension. There's the spiritual dimension. Right? And God works in both of these dimensions. So, yes, if you want to say that there is a universal church in the aspect of the body of Christ, of all believers around the world, and that the bride of Christ is, quote, a universe, okay, that's fine. But how God operates in the physical dimension on this planet, as far as getting the Great Commission done, and in learning, and in teaching, and being involved, and being available for service, is through a local church. It's not through some big organizational that oversees everything, all these other small churches. It's not through the Catholic Church, where you have this, this one man who is, speaks for God, and everything he says is directly from God, and should be taken more importantly than the written word of God, because it's now, 2021, he says this, and it came from God, and he's the number one leader of the church, global, universal, spiritual, that doesn't exist, it's not in the Bible. All through the Bible, the, 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 uh, there's angels written, you know, right to this church. In Galatians, you have to the churches at Galatia, plural, to the churches. So it's always dealing with individual churches, local church, is how God functions and how God operates. He doesn't operate um, as far as, and we're, we're studying it now as far as the Seventh-day Adventist, where they have the main headquarters and they go ahead and give out to everybody what they're going to teach and what they're going to believe and all this kind of stuff. Where you have a hierarchy that goes out all these other individual things. You don't have the Mormon church that you have the hierarchy. You don't have the Orthodox church where they have the church fathers. They don't have a pope, but they have the church fathers. It kind of establishes, you know, and changes their doctrine here or there. Uh, you have all these other church uh, denominations that uh, have a hierarchy that oversees everything. No. In our church here, now you, you might have a fellowship of churches that are like-minded. I'm not referring to that. But I'm referring to that a local church, there's Jesus Christ, there's the pastor, and then under him, there's deacons and in, in church leaders and all. Uh, is how it's to be. But uh, it is not a denominational group of congregations. There in, in letter C. A local church is a body of men and women who have been born again and called by God to serve primarily in a specific geographical area. A modern-day version of the Apostle Paul was Chinaman Ni Tosheng. We more commonly know him as Watchman Ni. I believe he died in 1972. He spent 20 years in a communist prison camp for his faith, but the man was a mighty, mighty man of God. And if you read some of his books, they are just outstanding. The Normal Christian Life, uh, he, he wrote, that's just outstanding. Now, some of his other, quote, works, they're, they're more uh, material that people that really like him a lot took his messages and they, they kind of manipulate him like, People, you know, manipulate a lot of stuff. And you can tell his writing versus somebody else who's gleaning stuff that are kind of 
writing stuff on his behalf. But uh, he was emphatic that the only type of division or separation within a church of Jesus Christ among born-again Christians should be a geographical one. There should be no racial barrier. There should be no this church. Now, I, I know that there's going to be um, some cultural differences, but how it really should be in a perfect world, in a perfect world is there should be only one local church of Jesus Christ ministering to all the born-again Christians regardless of where they're from in the world, in their cultural background, in their ethnic background. And the only other church should be another one a distance away, another geographical area. Right? There shouldn't be a church up here on the right that is the Korean Baptist church. There shouldn't be another Chinese Baptist church or, or something like that in a perfect world. Now, I know we're not in a perfect world, but technically that's how it should be. The, um, the, church, the church is the body of Christ, the saved multitudes of every nation. And that's where I, that's where I was just uh, touching on earlier that, you know, if somebody wants to, there, there's people that don't believe that there's local church only. I believe it's local church only as far as God, how God operates physically on earth as far as getting the, the, the gospel getting the message done, edifying the saints, that there's not a universal church. If you want to say that there's a universal church as far as spiritually, that all believers are part of the church of Jesus Christ and will be raptured out, yeah, fine, I'll give that to you. I, I, I agree there that it's a body of Christ um, that we're dealing with. But as far as operationally, practically, how God operates, it's uh, through a local church. Number one there in your writing, uh, Paul writing to save people states clearly, ye are the body of Christ there in 1 Corinthians 12. Number two, Paul compares the church body to the human body. To the human body there in 1 Corinthians 12 through all those verses there. Each member has a different function. No one member can function alone including the pastor. The pastor shows up and the church is empty. The Bible says he's wasting his time even preaching. It's the same thing as, as far as, you know, if somebody doesn't, if there's no one there to preach to, who are you edifying? See, each member's contribution is important. Verses 22 to 24. A properly functioning body operates as a single unit and should operate as a single unit. And it's just the unity of the church. What is the function of the local church? The first local church in the Bible was organized in Jerusalem in Acts 2, 1 through 47. You can turn there. I'm going to go ahead and read it. We'll get down to, to analyzing it and breaking it down here in just a little moment. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. In the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. 
And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, to every man had need, uh, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread, and from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily as such as should be saved. The believers there organized their church for the following purposes. We have here a list of eight. Number one, the teaching of the word of God. The teaching of the word of God. Secondly, fellowship with other believers. Fellowship with other believers. Third, prayer. Fourth, the observance of the two ordinances of the church, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Five, to be a testimony. Six, for mutual assistance and ministry. For mutual assistance in ministry. Seven, to reach out into the community. To reach out into the community. And eight, to glorify and praise God. They're that first church that we see in the Bible. Uh, we see these um, activities, the purpose, their function. Be there. The single most important priority of the local church is to edify. Edify, which, which means build up, teach, strengthen the saints. There in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of this faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. How do I function? How do I function properly in the church, in the church body? During your Christian life, you should mature in three basic or general stages, three broad stages. One, observe and learn. 
observe and learn. Your first priority should be to submit to the teaching of the written word of God to learn to be the man or woman God wants you to be. 2 Timothy 2.15 is a command that if I'm not mistaken, you cannot find in any other translation written this way because it's manipulated and, and tweaked and twisted and, and changed and watered down. But 2 Timothy 2.15 says it is a command to not only study the word of God, but how to study the word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Understanding what the word of God says. But study to show thyself approved unto God. And you may have heard me say this before. But it's not study to show yourself approved to God. Because I, I, I've got all kinds of certificates. I've got, I've got a degree in biblical studies that I can just lay out and show it to God. Hey, I've, I've studied and I'm approved by Louisiana Baptist University in the, in, the, in the field of biblical studies. I'm approved to God. The huge difference in that word unto is God is the one that is doing the approval. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Unto means it's on him. He's the one that does the approving. Number two, participate. First one is observe and learn. Secondly is participate. In time, you will naturally grow to the point where you can begin to serve and take on some basic functions through the already established ministries of your church. James 1, 25 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Don't have time to get into unpacking this passage, but it's amazing as far as when, when it's using as far as looking yourself in a mirror. And in, in, in I can go into as far as uh, the mirror on the, the backing of it, you're looking through the glass, and on the backing, uh, the perfect reflection is 100% silver. Um, and if you're looking at yourself and you see yourself and things are not right, and you've heard what needs to change, or you've heard what you're supposed to be doing, and you look at yourself, the natural man, and you, you walk away, without having made any changes, it's, it's been of no effect as far as being a hearer. But a doer is, man, I am messed up. You know, that message a pastor preached, man, it convicted me. I need to get this straight. I mean, he told me my hair is a wreck. And it is. Where is a brush? Where is a comb? Let me get my hair straight. 
and we get our we get our we get our life straightened out. Third, lead. <clears throat> lead. <clears throat> Excuse me. As your growth continues, you should reach the point where you can begin to minister to others in the same way you have been ministered to. 2 Timothy 2, 2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Um, that, that passage there is a great passage, but can also be kind of hurtful and painful when we try to commit things to people who haven't proven themselves to be faithful yet. It's people that are faithful is where you really want to make sure that you're investing your time and life in, that have a zeal to live for the Lord. Letter B. These three stages can be roughly compared to the stages of growth spiritually. One, a child. Number two, youth. And number three, adult. Or, uh, well, as I'm going to read some verses of scripture here, aged. There's aged men and aged women. There's young men and young women. But in 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, be, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Titus chapter 2. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Hebrews 5, 12-14 For when... For the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become as such as need of milk, and not of strong drink, of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It is crucial that you have the Bible to learn from. There is no question. I will give that a lot of translations have some good in it. 
but a majority of them, not most all the other ones, are milk, skim milk. You can only grow but so far. When it comes to learning sound doctrine and going deep, you can't go very deep. You can't get very strong on skim milk. A baby needs milk. But as it grows, it needs to have something stronger and stronger and stronger to build more muscle and to become more effective and become more mature. And so many churches today are only touching the surface. They're only dealing with, and I know I've been in them, and I'm sure you have too, where they're just dealing with, with surface stuff and they're not getting into the deep things of the Bible. They're getting into the serious issues of what it really means to be holy and consecrated. No, 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 no. We can't do that because we'll offend them. We're trying to reach them. Well, yeah, they're coming. Now what? And all they get is skim milk. Week in and week out. And when something hits the fan, they're gone. They're crumbled. First Corinthians 4, 14 through 17, Paul writes, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you, for though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. That verse alone destroys the teaching of Calvinism. For in Christ Jesus, I, the Apostle Paul, have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is by my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. So you have an example there where you have a man, the Apostle Paul, who um, led people to the Lord. You had Timothy, who's a young man, who he trained up and has become a strong solid Christian, a leader, and he's sending Timothy over there to work in their lives and to work with them. Letter C, be patient. This process takes time. Just be sure to remain faithful, faithful to God's written word and his established institution, the local church. Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Uh, like I mentioned before, uh, next week's lesson will we'll have those, deal with those things there. How do I find the particular local church that God wants me to serve through Him through? And invest my life in 
How am I related to other Christians? What are my responsibilities toward other Christians? What should be my attitude toward other Christians? What is fellowship? And what if another Christian offends me? We'll, we'll get into that next week. Dear Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the great weather. I ask for your protection. I ask for your safety as I get on the road and travel. And pray that you'd uh, protect my vehicle from nails and um, other road hazards on the shoulder. And Lord, um, pray you just keep us all safe. They're working out there today. Pray the service here, Pastor Preaches. Lord, thank you for all those that have come out that are here faithfully. And those, those that are not able to be here because of physical ailments, Lord. Father, I pray you with Joanne. I pray that you'd uh, strengthen her back and take the spasms away and uh, just heal her, Lord. Lord, the, all the other ones that have had difficulty physically, Lord, I pray you just protect them. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.